When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Last thing I want to be about anything is obnoxious, but I think we can all just figure out that it really can save us all a lot more trouble if you just listen to what I'm going to tell you. It is Chris Carlin in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus, presented by Progressive Insurance. Hembo is here. The hashtag crew Bubba and Nuno are here. And we have got a jam-packed show, including the real concerns that sit around the New York Mets right now. We get to that in just a few moments. We also get into plenty of the Western Conference Finals. And if there's even a reason to believe in the Mavericks opportunity, somebody here actually does. And why have these playoffs been so bad in so many ways? It's an easy answer, but for right now... We roll on last night. Here we go! Only one place to start. Boy, those two wing players, Tatum and Brown, really took control for Boston. Brown with the ball, drives around the double, raises up, and caught another body underneath. Jalen Brown says it with his chest. This is a great opportunity. Leave everything on the floor. You don't want any feelings of regret. We got an opportunity to do something with this group that's special. You know, to be that close... And no, we didn't play our best in the first half. We just talked about flipping the script and playing like a really good second half. And the script was flipped very quickly. If we're being honest about the situation, you knew right away, if you're paying attention in the second half, that the game was over, even in the first few minutes when it was still a three- or four-point game. Let's get to some Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless The Miami Heat last night disappeared in the second half, and the reason is they're not as good of a team. I don't want to sit here and pat myself on the back. I don't know physically that I even could do it right now. Emotionally, I very easily could because I hate being that guy. I hate being the guy that wants to point out all the time about how right I am on things, and I'm going to do my best to limit that, but... I think you could all just take a lesson from Pat Bev earlier today on Get Up. I had the Heat winning before. I'm I'm way off. But what Boston is doing to to the guards right now, they're attacking them. They're they're getting in under the – Boston is rebounding way better than them. Uh, They're just playing with a little bit more swagger, a little bit more edge. They're keeping them in, um, you know, one, three pick and rolls, one, two pick and rolls, getting the matchup they want and exploiting that uh that Miami defense for sure we could have just stopped that I'm way off and and look the reason is simply the Boston Celtics are a much more talented team especially on the offensive end than the Miami Heat and that's the difference in this series it is yes creating matchups it is yes doing all of the things that winning teams do but when you watch the Celtics come out of the half last night they came out and we're immediately taking advantage of not just matchups, open shots, hitting them, and you had their two star players show up after they were MIA in the first half. It was pretty easy to see. Now, I'm not going to 
not at least acknowledge that the Miami Heat are banged up right now, even if Jimmy Butler doesn't want to acknowledge it. Man, honestly, it, it doesn't matter. If I'm out there, I got I to gotta do better. I got to find a way to help us win, and I haven't been doing that. I'm fine. My knee is okay. I just, I just got to do better. It's, it's no excuse. But what is he supposed to do better when nobody else is helping him? Nobody else was helping him. Max Struess has been a completely invisible player in this series when things have not been going well. The last two games, Max Struess and Kyle Lowry are a combined one for 26. How is that possible? That doesn't happen in rec leagues, and it's happening here in the NBA Finals. Gabe Vincent, I heard all about Gabe Vincent. And you're going to learn about Gabe Vincent before this series started. I've learned about him. He's a nice role player. And what do you know? Role players can't be counted on to play great all the time. They play great sometimes. Role players are front-running type players. When things are going right, it's hard to imagine that things are going to get turned upside down on you. And a lot of times they don't. But when things are not going right, it's not like they're capable of doing what Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown did last night, which was go from an atrocious first half to 37 combined points in the second half. That's why the Celtics are here. They have more options. They have more answers. Yes, the Heat are banged up, but when you watch two players come out and take a game over like we did last night and not turn the ball over in the second half like they did in the first half, this is what's going to happen. And what do you know? At one point, the Celtics find themselves up by 23. Game was over. And when the Heat are, the Heat are like an NFL team that just is solely reliant on running the football. If you fall behind by two touchdowns, you are in big trouble. And the Heat are very much going to be in big trouble when they fall behind. And Hemba, there's not the opportunity for them to come back in these games. There was the opportunity for the Celtics to do it to the Heat as we saw in Game 3, but still, Game 4, what happens? Game 5, what happens? They got no shot because they don't have enough firepower. They don't have enough firepower, and you see all the Heat fans on Twitter using the injuries as an excuse, using the injuries as a reason, whatever. We know that the playoffs are a battle of attrition, and the Celtics are working through it too. But if you were to ask me what the best four units are in this series in order, it would be Celtics defense, Celtics offense, and then whatever else you want. Probably the Miami Heat defense would be third, obviously. But I've been so incredibly impressed with how the Celtics play defense. This is a juggernaut, man. This is an absolute juggernaut, I think, that we might wind up looking back on as being as good as some of those Spurs teams. I mean, right now, the shooting against the Celtics in the postseason, all three rounds, is worse than the worst team in the NBA shot this season. We're talking about the Nets, the Bucks, and the Heat, three excellent basketball teams. To me, my biggest takeaway of this series is the Celtics play defense better than any team that I can remember. They are outstanding at it, and there was no mistaking that the four teams that were best in defending the three-point shot were the final four left in the NBA postseason, mm. and look at what happened last night. The Miami Heat were seven for 45 from three. <laughs> 38 misses in a game from three is the second most ever. 38 misses. So that brings us to this question. The unpredictability of what's happened and why we've had so many blowouts, specifically in this series, 
but really through the playoffs without. Here's Tim Legler, ESPN NBA analyst. This is weird for me. I don't think I've been doing – I've been doing this a long time. I don't think I've ever gotten to a point this deep into the playoffs where I literally have absolutely no idea what I'm about to watch. That's how I feel throughout the last two rounds of the postseason. But right now, I feel pretty sure okay. that Boston is going to go home and take care of business on Friday. I'd be stunned if they didn't. I thought Celtics and six from the beginning. And again, just take your money and put it where I tell you to put it. Because that way, you're going to win. I, I don't want to put too much pressure on myself there, but I think it's fair to say. I got to call a timeout here because you started the segment by saying, I hate to be that guy. That was your third self-affirmation of the segment. It doesn't seem like you hate to be that guy. Well, I do hate to be that guy, but sometimes you have to be that guy. Nuno, if I'm overstepping my bounds here, please tell me. But I think based on the amount of uh, vitriol, frankly, <laughs> that Chris and myself have received uh, during this series, uh, everything I have said is well within the proper order of what it should be. Yeah, I mean, listen, I was wrong on this series. I said the Celtics will win in five. I didn't realize <laughs> that they would no-show uh Chris was three. wrong for that matter, too. Yeah, so I was wrong for that. So that, I apologize, right? But at the end of the day, we said that... The Heat have no shot. And, yes, injuries have played a part in it. But they've also played a part on the Celtics side, right? Yeah. Um, Robert Williams has been in and out of the lineup. Uh, Marcus Smart. Jason Tatum, every time he fell yesterday, he was holding his shoulder. Like So there was a lot of that across the board. So the Celtics are just a better team than the Heat. And here, you want some solace, Heat fans? The Celtics aren't beating the Warriors either. Yeah. It's a fair point. Hmm. I don't think they are. And, and they're a great defensive team, but I think they're going to be going up against a team that is deeper than they are and has more talent than they do. So I'm going to pick against the Celtics for the same reason that I picked against the Heat. But to the point of why this has been so bad and why the playoffs have been so bad, we've had blowouts. And it's very simple to figure out. The three-point shot. We all love it. We all can't get enough of it. It adds excitement to the game. It's awesome, right? But when you do it poorly, you're going to get run out of the gym. I asked Humbo for this earlier today, and as usual, he delivered. I wanted to know, what was the three-point shooting percentage of the teams in the NBA playoffs this year that had lost by 10 or more points collectively? What did they shoot from three? The number was? 29%, my friend. 29%. And if you're thinking, wow, that's, that's maybe a little bit better than I thought. For me, it was too. But it's a big reason why. But just to provide some context to it, over the last 20 years, there have been two teams in, in the NBA that for a season have shot under 30%. The last team to do it from three, that is. The last team to do it was 10 years ago, the Charlotte Bobcats, who went 7-59, and and they shot 29.5%. The other team that did it was the 2002-2003 Denver Nuggets, who shot 27% from three for the season. They won 17 games. You can't shoot that poorly and expect to have an opportunity to win. And this is the problem, Hembo, when you become so reliant on the shot as this season has uh, really 
I think, been an exclamation point Mm -hmm. as to what's happened in the game over the last several years. It proves two things. Number one, it makes you appreciate the greatness of Steph Curry even Mm -hmm. more. And number two, it makes you think in the next couple of years, the league's going to have to take a harder look at this to see if that really is the biggest issue with them not having competitive games in the postseason because – that can't be the case. When people can check out at halftime, that's bad for business all around. Not only is that 29% figure astronomically low, but those teams are averaging 34 three-point attempts per game. Exactly. Like they're just chucking it up with, without hesitation. There is no plan B. If you are bad at something, don't do it more. That's a good <laughs> lesson for life. If you're bad at something, don't do it more. But that's why we are where we are, and that's why the playoffs have not been nearly as good in terms of competitive games as we would hope. Man, we are just getting started on a jam-packed Greeny today. It's Chris Carlin in for Greeny. This has been Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Still to come, there was something that happened during the game last night off the court that could have much bigger implications in the coming years in the Eastern Conference. We'll explain what that is next. Greeny on ESPN Radio at ESPN+. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's a little thrown off by a particular tweet last night. It's Canty Canty and Carlin. Normally, Chris is out. He'll be back with us tomorrow. Filling in for Greeny. Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. What do your home and auto have in common? They're yours, and Progressive protects them both. Bundle today at Progressive.com. Chris Carlin in for Greeny. Hembo is here, the hashtag crew, Nuno, Bubba, they are both here as well. I don't know if you caught this during the game last night. Joel Embiid, who is never shy about 
sharing his thoughts in general, tweeted out during the Eastern Conference Finals Game 5 between the Heat and the Celtics. Man, the Celtics, or the Heat rather, they need another star. And immediately, where does our minds go to? Come get me, Pat Riley. (laughs) And Hembo, as a Philadelphia fan, is shaking his head. Now, later in that moment, uh, after he was getting plenty of responses, I'm sure, uh, Embiid basically added, y'all are crazy. But are they Are they really in the long haul? Because it, while this is not Embiid specifically screaming out to get out of Philadelphia right now, there does have to be a degree of concern on Joel Embiid's part. Now, I was very down on him for how he played after he found out that he wasn't winning the MVP. It was very clear that it affected his play in the next game. He was terrible, and then he spent time talking about it after that game, and not just 10 seconds, a good three, three and a half minutes about, I don't know what more I can do, and I'm, not, I'm only going to focus on winning from now on and all that kind of stuff. It, just things, there are things that he should not be saying at that point. But at 27 years old, with what the Philadelphia 76ers have gone through during his career. I mean, you could argue it's been the most tumultuous period that the Sixers have had uh, during, you know, with the start of the process and then when Embiid got drafted up until today that you've gone through just the circus of Brian Colangelo's exit. You've gone through problems with coaches. You've gone through the issue with Ben Simmons, which was a consistent issue for his career. There's been so much there that Embiid has handled Pretty well for the most part. But who is he pointing to when he says, Miami, you need another star? He's pointing to Jimmy Butler. He's pointing to a guy that he has played with, that he knows, and might still be in Philadelphia, if not for Simmons and some lack of maturity at the time for Embiid. And I'm sure that Joel Embiid looks back at it now and says, I would have been better off playing with Jimmy Butler in the long term with how things have played out. And now we're at the point where the organization is at a major crossroads. The head coach, his future is still in question. I don't care what anybody says. and We'll get to that in a few minutes. But the Ben Simmons situation has been a complete nightmare. That's over with. But you bring in James Harden, which brings its own set of problems. You bring in a guy who has been exceptionally close to the general manager for a long time. And now it is clear he is nowhere near the same player. How is Daryl Morey going to handle that? Because if you're going to hand James Harden even an extension that is, let's say, not the max, but uh, let's just say for argument's sake, a three-year, $100 million extension, it absolutely kills what the Sixers can do over the next few years, and it exceptionally exceptionally limits where they're headed. If Tyrese Maxey becomes a superstar, then they're obviously in good shape. But, hey, as much as we all like Maxey, it's still a very big if. Hembo, Joel Embiid, even when he tweets that out, and he's joking at the time, there's going to be some soul-searching here in the next year or two as to whether or not he can win there. And it's a shame 
because I don't know that I've ever seen an athlete that was more perfectly suited to a city. Yeah, at the risk of upsetting all of my Delco brethren, I just have to say it how I see it, and I see it very clearly. We don't deserve Joel Embiid. We're not good enough for him. We just aren't. This guy, like you said... When you say we, you mean the fans, the city, or the organization? The organization. Yeah. The organization is, is not keeping up its end of the bargain. Joel Embiid, as you said, has gone through hell and back. You have the, you have the Colangelo thing, both Brian and his wife. You had the Markel Fultz pick. You had the Mikhail Bridges trade, the Jaleel Okafor pick, the Sam Hinkie resignation letter, and many other things. Ben Simmons forgetting how to shoot. Yep. Joel Embiid has, has ruddered the ship remarkably well with zero drama, has embraced the city that has embraced him back. But I live this with Allen Iverson. The city, the, the front office at that time didn't meet him halfway either, and we wound up wasting an all-time great career. We've seen the blueprint, and it's happening again, and I think the James Harden extension will probably be the sort of nail in the coffin to ensure that the Sixers will never fully realize their potential with Joel Embiid. Well, the biggest concern they're going to have here is trying to convince Embiid in the next two years that this is where his best chance is going to be to win a championship. And so... Item number one is James Harden doesn't get an extension of any sort. If he wants to opt in to the $47 million for next year, we take a shot at it, we see what happens, that's great. If he says, you know what, the heck with you guys, I'm out, let him walk and figure out beyond there how to replace him. Because while two and a half, three years ago, he may not have been a replaceable type player, he is very replaceable right now. Very replaceable. If you had to bet an amount of money that mattered to you, off the record, do you think Joel Embiid has any interest in pairing up with James Harden for an extended period of time? No, absolutely not. I totally agree. I would, I, I, I would absolutely say if you're having an on-the-record conversation or off-the-record conversation with him and he was there to tell you the truth, he would absolutely say there's no reason for me to want to be here with James Harden. And I, I also think it's the dynamic there. This is Joel Embiid's team. But if the head or if the uh, general manager and James Harden are as thick as thieves, maybe it's not. Mm. And that's when you really have to a- answer the question. Daryl Morey is the guy who is charged with not ruining this right now. And by not ruining it, I mean not giving him, uh, giving the extension to Harden. Because if he does, you're going to lose Embiid. I honestly believe that within a year or two. And he is going to be trying to find the place that he can win a championship. He's 27 years old right now. It's not getting any easier day to day. He has done a real good job of staying as healthy as possible for the last couple of years. And so... When you go through load management and all those kinds of things, you understand what it is. It still is a threat. Any given moment with the kind of player and the kind of body that he has, that he could be out for the season at any second with his uh, physicality and I don't want to even say lack of coordination, but just the, the wildness with which he plays in throwing himself to the floor at any moment, he can end up in the third row, and the next thing you know, he's got an oblique injury that's going to keep him out for two months. Yeah, and I think it's safe to say that a lesser player would have already been out by now. I honestly do. 
Sam Hinkie to the to Brian Colangelo to Elton Brand to like this is a never-ending circus, and Joel Embiid is the is the one figure in the middle holding it all together. That's too much of a responsibility for a basketball player. It just is. If I were Joel Embiid, if I were Joel Embiid, I would not want to ostracize myself to a city that I love, obviously. But I also have to think about my basketball legacy, and it's pretty obvious to me that he's going to reach his basketball basketball mortality here at this pace. And with Daryl Morey's relationship with James Harden, that's not something that I'm cool with. And if I'm Joel Embiid, I have built up the equity to say, no, 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 no. I'm making this decision and not you. And if if your answer to that is no, then I do want out. Nuno this morning read me a sentence that I would claim to be the most boring sentence in the history of professional sports. We'll get to that in 30 seconds. The job search can be a frustrating journey filled with long, lonely hours on the computer and countless attempts to get noticed by employers. ZipRecruiter gets it. No one wants to feel alone in their job search. That's why ZipRecruiter's AI does so much of the work for you. They save you time by sending you jobs you can apply to with one click, and they pitch you your profile to employers so you stand out. Job seekers feel the love. Sign up for free at ZipRecruiter.com. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com. It's Chris Carlin filling in for Greeny, ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. So on my way in this morning and sitting in traffic in the New York area, as you do, Nuno and I are chatting on the phone about the show, and we're talking about different topics that we may want to tackle during the show. And the Lakers head coaching search came up, and Nuno said the following sentence to me that is the most uninteresting sentence I have heard possibly in professional sports history. Terry Stotts got a second interview to be the Lakers head coach. Nuno, scale of 1 to 10, how boring would you rate that sentence, especially considering it came out of your mouth this morning as you're driving in to ESPN? It was funny. It was such a great tease that I was like, what is he talking about? Because <laughs> I just forgot about how uninterest, how disinterested if I was a Laker fan, if I heard Terry Stotts is getting a second interview <laughs> I'm thinking, wow, what are we going to do? Recreate the Thunder? Terry Stotts is getting a second interview. I, I mean, the sounder almost broke when I played the button, no, no, or pressed the button. It, it's awful, right? I, listen. But I think in the grander scheme here, this is a long play. It, ha- it cannot, like, that can't be a sentence that ever comes out of Englewood, California. It can't be. So if it does, there has to be a bigger picture in in place, doesn't there, that we're not missing. I still believe, still believe, there is a chance that Doc Rivers ends up as the Lakers head coach. And it's not going to be because the Lakers decided to give up any kind of compensation for him. It's funny, this is... I think a very under-the-radar game of chicken between the Lakers and the 76ers right now. We heard what Daryl Morey said a few weeks ago. We have also found out, especially in the last couple of years, that no matter what is actually said among professional sports teams, it can change on a dime within minutes, or it's just a flat-out lie, as we have seen so many times. I, I can think to just a couple... Odell Beckham, we did not sign him to trade him. Two weeks later, he was traded. Uh, Doc Rivers, he's going to be our coach next season. 
I think the Sixers are slow playing this and hoping against hope that Doc decides he'd rather be in L.A. than with the Sixers. And there is no doubt in my mind the only reason he has not been fired yet is because of the price tag that comes with him and a new head coach. It's one thing if you're going to pay a new head coach $10 million a year to be your coach. It's another thing when you're paying him $10 million a year and the last coach $8 million a year for three more years. I, th- I think the Sixers are probably just trying to slow play this a little bit as the Lakers clearly are. I mean, are we going to hear that next week Kurt Rambis is going to meet with Terry Stott? That might be a more uninteresting uh, statement, Nuno. I mean, can we try to come up with more boring sentences in professional <laughs> sports than, than that possibility? Honestly, no, no, like, Bubba, I welcome you into this, too. Is, have you ever heard in your time as a fan a more boring sentence than has ever been uttered that what we heard uh, yesterday? Because when I heard this morning from Nuno, Bubba, does anything come to mind? Anything at all. I mean, Drew Henson is going to start a quarterback this week. Bubba, that's got to be up there for you. Nah, Drew is pretty great. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I actually, I actually, I have one. That was pretty Please. interesting. I have one. I don't mean to put you on the spot. No, but. no, no. no I, I found one. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce the next head coach of the New York Giants, Ben McAdoo. <laughs> How about that one? That's up there. That's absolutely up there. Absolutely. Bubba, there's got to be. You're a New York Mets fan. I, I'm, try, I'm trying to think of like all the, the statements the Mets have put out and like all the ridiculous things they've sent out. I feel like there's just so many. Yeah, There is. There's uh, so many to choose how many, from. How many years did uh, we think Jason Garrett was going to get fired and he kept coming back as the Cowboy head coach? Exactly. Like, there's that right there. Absolutely there is. There's Jason Garrett is the Cowboys coach this week. <laughs> Let me get you on the record, though. Yeah. I want to get you on the record. Yeah. The great Terry Stotts or Doc Rivers, which is likelier to be the Lakers head coach next season based upon what we know right now? Likelier? What's likelier? I'll say Doc. You think it's going to happen? I still think that's going to happen, and I don't think that there's going to be any – there's not going to be any compensation involved, and it's just a gut feeling more than anything. So they're going to let Terry Stotts walk out that door? (laughs) Sorry. I, sorry. I've never been less worried about something in my life. And I'm sure, listen, I've never met Why Terry Stotts. Why are you being Stotts. so mean to Terry Stotts? I, yeah. don't, I mean, the guy is, you know, I, I, I know, that's coach. a fair point. He's like, given it his all. I've realized that in the moment of saying this. Imagine but, he's listening to Greeny. He loves Greeny. And he's just listening right now. He's Terry like, Stotts, what is going on right now? Huge Greeny guy. It's I'm not an indictment on destroyed. Terry Stotts or his body of work. It is just to say that if you're a fan of the Lakers, there's no way that that headline excites you. Yes. Right? I mean, all right, I'll give you, just to make Terry Stotts feel better in this case, in case he is a huge Greeny fan, which, I mean, why wouldn't he be? I, let's come up with a more boring sentence. Here it is from an NBA perspective. Mike Dunleavy is interviewing to be the head coach of the Los Angeles <laughs> Lakers. Like Insert ju- name. Just think of any journeyman coach that has ever come along. And if you're the Lakers right now, where are we? Where are we? And look, Doc does not solve many problems as we know. But if I were the Lakers, I'd rather have Doc than a nondescript coach who's going to get shoved around by LeBron and company. Do you think LeBron in any way at this point 
regrets any of his decisions leading himself to L.A. Obviously, I, I, I don't think he regrets the fact that he won a championship, even though it was summer camp. But I, I don't think he – that's really what it was. It was an AAU tournament. Let, let's be honest. But I, I think LeBron does not regret it from a lifestyle perspective. Yeah, I'm all. looking on uh, Terry Stotts' Wikipedia. It says, uh, outside of coaching, he enjoys cycling, traveling, golf, and listening to Greeny on ESPN Radio. <laughs> is that his Wikipedia page or is that his Tinder profile? Yeah, I don't know, <laughs> so he's listening right now out in Oregon. So what's up, well, Terry? Terry, I'm sorry. sorry. I'm sorry for everything Chris said because that was inappropriate. Well, hopefully, you know, it's not one of those things where it's just strictly Greeny and, you know, when Greeny's not on, oh, I'm out. Hopefully that was not the case. <laughs> he's one of those Greeny listeners? Yeah, exactly. yeah, he's one of those Greeny listeners. Yeah, well, that, we, don't, the, we don't want that. The uppity Greeny listeners. No, we certainly, <laughs> we certainly do not want that. It is Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and at Progressive.com. Up next, there is a very, very real concern for the New York Mets who have had a tremendous season thus far, and maybe the concern should not be as no, great. No, there's not. Did you just ruin the tease? Relax. I'll tell you what the concern is, Bubba. I mean, if you watched Thomas Sapecki yesterday... Sapaki? Sapaki? How do I pronounce his name? It's Sapaki, I think. <laughs> I want to make sure I get it right. He was just making his first career start, and he had a rough, rough afternoon out in San Francisco. But we'll, we'll get to that in just a moment. Thanks for ruining the tease. And why the Yankees may not have as much of a concern. It's all on the way. Chris Carlin, along with the hashtag crew, in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. A lot of air drumming this morning from our friend Hembo. That's, I, yeah. You're not in Rush. You're not. You're, what does that mean? The band Rush. You've heard of the God, band, right? here we so go. See, now I just think he's leaning into it sometimes. I don't know a band named Rush. You don't know a band named Rush. The, what you just said was, you think you're in Rush or something to that effect. And yes. What, and what that is, is a band? Yes. Okay. Well, maybe my air Neil drum... Per, Neil Peart, who's since passed away, is perhaps one of the greatest drummers to ever be. Neil, and I, I'm not even a big Rush fan. Neil Peart? Peart. I think it's Honestly, I don't really like them either. I'll take your word for it. They're pretty well known with the drummer. There. I should know. I should have heard of them. You heard of Jimi Hendrix? Yeah. Oh, stop. Don't with that. See, I think he leans into this, Bubba. Am I wrong? Is it a bit? I think it's at times that, that Hembo leans into it to be it's the younger guy. It's not possible that I just can't have this I knowledge. I really have a tough time because sometimes I think so, but other times he just really seems to have no idea. Yeah. And I, don't, I mean, I don't know if, if he grew up in the same planet we were on. <laughs> 
Because it just doesn't make any sense. I don't know. It's Chris Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Well, Hembo does have a little something for us in 20 seconds. Start stronger. That starts at AutoZone, where they've got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That what make that is what makes them America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone, AutoZone. I'm ready to go right now. Green light, green light with Greeny. Has been charged with a little green light today, so have at it, my friend. What do we got? Am I doing my favorite bands from the seventies, or am I doing the baseball? You should have heard of Rush. It's a, it is. Well, a, we don't. That'll only I take can. you two seconds. So, I mean, name a band from the seventies, then we can move on. Yes, name uh, a band from the seventies. ACDC were they a seventies band? And eighties, yeah. All right, we'll let it go. Okay, so like that's a partial credit situation here. Uh, sure, I'll talk I mean, about Manny Machado instead. Uh, why don't you do that? Okay, please. So, a little baseball here from him. No problem here. So prior to the twenty nineteen season, my friend Bryce Harper signed that three hundred and thirty million dollar deal with the Phillies, mm-hmm. and Manny Machado signed that three hundred million dollar deal with the Padres. Bryce Harper won the National League MVP award last season, and right now Machado is the favorite in the National League to do it this season. And so the thought struck me this week. Because for the, for the longest time, we have viewed these free agent mega contracts as just albatrosses for team and as a massive benefit to player. And of that, there was no question. Is it possible that we have reached a place where with these two players performing so well now towards the middle of their mega contracts, that we can start looking at those kind of contracts differently at large and that perhaps players won't be so eager to sign contracts with their teams when they're 21, 22, and 23 years old because of the success that these guys are enjoying? What do you think? I... Listen, I get where you're coming from with it. It, I think it just depends on the individual player. We saw Juan Soto turn down $300 million, <laughs> right? I mean, it feels absurd that that was the case, yet it happened because he expects that to be even larger here in a couple of years. I think where the issue is, it's not so much with the player hesitating to sign. You're talking about buying out a couple of years of free agency. That's is right. what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I think the, the hesitancy won't be there so much, as much as it has to be a willingness of fans, a willingness of people to not immediately call a contract within a year or two of signing it a complete and utter bust because it is a longer period. I think there is the safe assumption that we all make that on the back end, you're not going to get anywhere near the production that you would get toward the front end. But if you're getting it in the middle, you've done well. Yes. You've done well. Yes. So I have no problem with this, but from a player standpoint, when you're Talking about getting that level of money guaranteed, it would not matter as much to me as to when I signed the deal. Hmm. So if there's an amount of money that guarantees that none of your descendants ever have to work a day in their lives and you're 22 or 23 years old, you would still be inclined to sign it. I I would be. And, I mean, look at Francisco Lindor. Look at what's happened with the Mets. Now, the Mets have a major issue right now with the fact that they don't have Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom, and you are starting to see where that could potentially catch up with them a little bit. The good news for the Mets is they have put themselves in a good position through the first couple of months of the year with how well they've played, and they've given themselves a little bit of cushion so that when they inevitably do go through a tough stretch, they can potentially weather that storm. They can't be expected to continue to play at that same level, and that brings us to Lindor. Look at this being the actual first year of that $340 million contract extension. Last year was his first year in New York, York, but he was still on the last year of his other deal in arbitration and such. 
Now you have someone at the very beginning that is not performing at a consistent level. And that is something that when you looked at Lindor, you hoped you were getting based on his history. The short season, the 2020 season, was not good for him. But at the same time, Hembo, I think you have to preach the patience on the part of the Met fan when you watch Lindor here and hope that it becomes a situation like you'd see with Harper and Machado. You hope so. The difference between Lindor in relation to Harper and Machado is that there is no durable track record of being a great hitter. We know as you age, the running deteriorates, the fielding deteriorates. What it comes down to is, can you control the strike zone and can you hit? And right now, it's just not obvious to me that Lindor is ever going to be that guy. I think that's a little unfair this early. I think he's been a better player in his career than maybe you're giving him credit for. I understand the concern, but the patience is more paramount. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.